0: You're listening to The Honest Report,
1: a weekly podcast analyzing media coverage of the Arab-Israeli conflict, anti-Semitism, and radical Islamic terrorism. Here's your host, Rob Walker. This is Thursday, January 20th. I'm Robert Walker, and welcome to The Honest Report podcast. Today, our guest is Colonel Grisha Yakubovich. He is an expert on Israeli Palestinian relations. He's a well respected policy and strategy consultant. He served in the IDF for 30 years and in his last position as head of the civilian department of the coordination of government activities in the territories. His military experience is Israeli policy in the West Bank and the Gaza Strip. He has education uh, in academia and current work with various Palestinian bodies. He's a civilian businessman, and he's really on the ground level, speaks to groups and visiting delegations from all around the world. So welcome, Grisha, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you guys for having me, it's my pleasure.
1: So really, I mean, obviously, you're somebody who has tremendous experience um, working with all sorts of stakeholders in, uh, in Gaza, in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. How would you uh, characterize uh, sort of the current situation? Let's talk about Gaza right now, since, of course, there was a, you know, a significant conflict uh, last spring. How would you describe or characterize the situation right now?
0: Actually, I can say that the last conflict in May is the beginning of what I will probably write in the following few weeks, a new article, Uh, the next civil war in Gaza and in the West, actually in the West Bank. So the reality economically in Gaza is, is terrible. Uh, Although Israel allowed something like 7,000 Palestinians to enter to Israel and to work and and the salaries that they will bring back to Gaza is a lot of money. But Hamas is a terror organization. They control Gaza. Uh, All they do is to empower themselves and all they do and plan is uh, to achieve one thing. They, uh, They want to become the legitimate entity that will be, that will lead, the Palestinians, after uh, Mahmoud Abbas would disappear from the arena. Uh, There is a huge unemployment in Gaza. Uh, Hamas are working hard to implement, uh, let's say, the rules of ceasefire, uh, agreed with the Egyptians. They They are challenged. So they are doing quite a good job in Gaza, but on the other side, or on the other hand, They are very involved in the reality, or let's say the terrible situation of uh, terror attacks uh, and violence in the the area of East Jerusalem and the West Bank. So uh, this is one of their goals, this is one of the purposes, and unfortunately, they are doing uh, a good job. So just to understand,
1: make sure I understand you, what you're saying is, you see, and obviously you posted just a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, uh, you said, uh, and I quote, there are many indicative signs that we are on a verge of a significant wave of violence. But what you're saying is, um, you're seeing Hamas sort of focusing that violence towards East Jerusalem, as opposed to from Gaza itself?
0: Um, I don't think that we will have uh, enough time uh, to understand how, people in the Middle East think. But uh, uh, I will conclude it in one sentence. The last conflict between Israel and Hamas actually created a reality that Hamas are the big winners of this last conflict. Okay, They achieved a lot. Yes, I know that in Western terms it looks differently. Uh, but in Eastern terms, in the terms of the Middle East, they are the heroes. They are the protectors of Jerusalem. They are the ones who succeeded to stand the strongest military in the Middle East. And they gain a lot of support from the street uh, in the West Bank. Uh, People do appreciate and adore them. And uh, we can see the last, uh, let's say the last few months, there are waves of violence in East Jerusalem and in the uh, West Bank, and it serves Hamas's goals. Let's look about Gaza. What is happening in Gaza on the border? Almost nothing. Mm. In, in security terms, it's actually quiet. So, yes, there was a tense last week. Uh, you know, somebody shot something. It's page that they had to do something, but it took uh, something like 24 hours, and it was behind us. So, actually... Gaza, the heart of terror with a terror organization Hamas that are controlling another 49 other terror organizations in Gaza are keeping uh, a a security reality of coordination in Gaza between uh, Israel and uh, this terror organization and on the other side, on the other hand, in the West Bank. They succeeded uh, to create a reality that cha- that is challenging the PA, Mahmoud Abbas and Israel, and of course Jordan also, and the police. So, so you said a couple of things fascinating there
1: so I guess you said one thing that I want to explore a little bit, you know, you were saying that certainly from the perspective of the West and certainly the Western media, um, you know, Hamas's actions is often described as an act of desperation, right? They have nowhere to turn, their backs up against the wall, etc. But as you've described, they, uh, they experience and they enjoy a fair amount of popularity in the region. So what would you say, and this is sort of dual part, one, what was Hamas's strategic goals in the May conflict? In other words, what did they seek to achieve and did you, do
0: you think that they achieved it? It's not only the May conflict, it's uh, the last conflicts. Hamas, Hmm. I think I wrote an article about it, it's called uh, Victory in the Eyes of the Beholder and uh, again it's a different approach than uh, than we uh, are used to to look at things as Westerns you know, we look at it in measures of casualties, damage, bombs. Uh, we did one, two, three, four, and uh, uh, and we tear them. And they look at it differently. They look at it as we succeeded to stand against. We succeeded to hold. We succeeded to defend. We succeeded to stay alive, okay? It's different terms of uh, uh, who is the victorious. Now, when you look at May, the achievement... Uh, is, is, is amazing, okay? Because they succeeded to launch rockets into Jerusalem. They succeeded to launch rockets into Tel Aviv. And they succeeded to surprise, okay, again, in their eyes, uh, Israel by launching long range rockets. They succeeded mm-hmm. to create for the first time a reality that rockets were launched also from their brothers in Lebanon. It's a process led by Salah al Arouri. it's the deputy of Hania. Rockets coming from Syria and demonstrations on the fence between Israel and Jordan. And the uh, demonstrations in the mixed cities uh, like Ramleh, Lod, and Haifa and Akko. And for them, it's like, wow, it, this is what we succeeded to do. Nobody looks at the reality that Israel succeeded to uh, I don't know stop all rockets in the air and there were no casualties almost and there was almost no damage. and we bombed one, two, three, four, five, and we I don't know bombed a few dozens of tons of bombs and we succeeded to surprise them with our amazing intelligence. Yes, we did a great job. But when you look at it from their own perspective, they succeeded, to build a process that the uh, or, or let's say to pour some meaning to the equation that uh, the enemy understands only power it means right. the mukawama the mukawama it means the resistance is the only way to achieve our goals as hamas so we succeeded to fight them in uh, let's say, pillar of defense, we succeeded to fight them in Protective Edge, and we succeeded to win them in the last conflict in May. This is, this is the way, uh, this is how they think, this is their strategy, and they are building another, let's say, another step and another step to reach to their goals, and their goal is to be the leadership that will be after Mahmoud Abbas today. The day after is not Fatah, is not Abbas, is not Barghouti, the day after is Hamas, Haniya, and Mashal. So, so let's pivot to that. I mean, so what
1: happens, uh, Mahmoud Abbas is, uh, you know, is uh, certainly getting older, he's been many years into his four-year term. He's, uh, what happens when uh, we wake up and uh, we read in the newspaper that, uh, that he's died? What, what happens next?
0: It can happen tomorrow morning or tonight, by the way, or it can happen in 10 years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we need to understand that uh, there is a chapter that we deal with as, uh, as uh, let's say, as officers or as the IDF, as strategic departments of what will be, how will, how will the West Bank and Gaza look the day after Mahmoud Abbas? Let's not forget, uh, Yasser Arafat was the first one. He got 100% support from the, his people, from everybody. Mahmoud Abbas is also, in a way, uh, an accepted leader, except uh, what happened in June 2007 when Hamas conquered the Gaza Strip from uh, the unity government. So they actually pushed a finger into his eye. And this is one of his biggest problems in his legacy, mm. uh, that he will be mentioned as the leader, that because of him, the Palestinians were split into two entities. One is Hamas in Gaza, and two, Fatah in the West Bank. Uh, But this is a different discussion that we are facing the reality of a three-state solution. We are not there now. Uh, But yes, uh, I think that the day after, after Mahmoud Abbas, we are going to face a civil war. And uh, Mm -hmm. when I say civil war, it's a wave of violence. It will, uh, I believe... Uh, and Hamas are experts in doing that, they will channel the anger and the violence uh, towards Israel. That's my, that's my uh, analysis. So you see,
1: you see obviously sort of violence and, uh, and uh, just all sorts of anarchy, I guess, sort of erupting. Who's going to be the victor of that? Who's going to emerge from that uh, chaos um, with, uh, with control of, uh, you know, of Palestinians in the West Bank?
0: (sighs) be honest with you, I don't know. I'm not a prophet. <laughs> all, uh, all I can, I can actually uh, mark on, 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 on something very important that Israel understands it. And this is one of the main reasons why Israel's approach is uh, an approach that uh, Israel will implement major, major steps towards the Gaza Strip and towards the West Bank. Uh, to make sure that uh, when this anarchy uh, starts, people will have and entities will have a lot to lose, and uh, they will end it as fast as possible and appoint the new leader. I don't know. Maybe the new leaders will be Hamas. It it might happen. I think it will be a disaster to Israel. Uh, it's not 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 a disaster, okay, but it will be something that Israel will have some difficulties to accept. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that this is the right moment and the right time to empower the moderate forces in the West Bank. And this is what uh, I believe Israel is doing. So By the way, I, can, I can actually see something because you know I, I, I work in the West Bank. Uh, mm-hmm. I have an office in Ramallah. Uh, I, I'm going to be, I'm there almost three, four times a week uh, meeting my clients and, and I, can feel, I can feel it. I can feel it on the ground. It's not so safe anymore to travel. It's not so uh, comfortable to be with my Palestinian team. We need to change cars. We need to do other things to make sure that I would be secured. Uh, It it, it feels, it it smells, uh, it smells violence. It smells that something's going to happen. And Israel needs to push more steps, more way bigger steps to make sure that the economical reality in the west bank would be stable better uh, even 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 when uh, even if the meaning would be to give money to the pa so really the
1: what how, i guess the question is how does israel go about doing that because let's say you groomed a, a moderate leader tomorrow the problem is when you've had as you know decades and decades of incredible incitement against israel and jews the average palestinian are many Palestinians, certainly a critical minority who have been so inculcated with this kind of incitement, it would be very, very difficult to accept a moderate leader who, uh, you know, who is telling you that, you know, maybe the, the Jews have a right to be there, etc. So how do you go about changing the mentality of the Palestinian population to accept that kind of coexistence? Is it through economic partnerships?
0: Uh, well, I uh i don't want to say something nasty about uh, people who are dreamers uh, but incitement will continue there's no connection between the incitement and uh, uh, what israel is doing with fatah or the pa uh, in the west bank and whoever wants to be part of this incitement he will continue to be there mm-hmm. and it will stay like that okay it's not something that will just vanish just like that it's a process it will take uh, long or many years uh, until the, the leadership of uh, the PA or Fatah or Hamas, it doesn't matter, will uh, be, let's say, mature and start educating the new generations to a different approach. But we are not there, unfortunately, and it will continue. Uh, but yes, when we say moderate forces, I'm not saying, I, I don't want to use names because uh, I, can, I, can, I can mention a name and tomorrow he will be assassinated. Uh, right. <laughs> so, so, so names, names is, is, is only names. Of course. A moderate, moderate uh, leadership is uh, steps that, you know what? Let me, let me explain it differently. Okay. Uh, let's do it Q and A, me and you, if you don't mind. Uh, sure. Would you accept, or would you agree that uh, we will need to release terrorists from prison to release, I don't know, uh, another soldier like Gilad Shalit, what would you say
1: about it? Well, I mean, that's certainly been Israel's uh, practice in the past, hasn't it?
0: Okay, so if, if, if that was the practice, we can assume let's say for the work assumption for this discussion, that probably it, we will do it again. If somebody will actually be kidnapped, there would be probably a deal and it would probably happen again. Or mm-hmm. we will probably release terrorists again in the future. Can, we, can you accept with me this uh, assumption? I would assume so, yeah. Okay, thank you. So, if why, why can't we change And think out of the box, why don't we actually use it as a tool to the moderate leadership, okay, in the West Bank, and just release them? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Proactively. The moment you will release them to the moderate leadership, actually, you will create a reality that there is no incentive to keep that because you will release if you are moderate. Hmm. So you're suggesting that potentially
1: releasing them proactively. Um...
0: Uh, yes, I think we need to uh, adopt the proactive approach. Yes, oh, interesting. I mean, and it's couldn't... not only about prisoners. What we what Israel needs to do is not only economically. And this is one of the problems. This is why Mahmoud Abbas a few years ago opposed to the economical peace approach. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that Israel did it a little bit too late, unfortunately. Uh, at least from my aspect, I uh, I offered it already in 2013, and it was denied, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it was too late. If uh, I think that Israel should actually be, uh, as you said, proactive and, and and adopt an approach that is an approach that will actually make us think out of the box. Like if you want to empower somebody, you need to give up on some issues that will be shown on by the other side as huge achievements, okay? Now, it can be economical achievements. It can be also political achievements. It can be also policy achievements. Right, right. I understand. I mean, is your sort of this very counterintuitive... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we need to break the equation built by Hamas and by Pitch that Israel understands only power and to build a new equation that Israel understands only dialogue, Israel understands only coordination, Israel understands only peace.
1: Right. No, certainly. So, I mean, do you think that this sort of counterintuitive approach that you're discussing, is it... uh attracting more adherence in in Israel? I mean, certainly it goes against, I think, the typical way that Israel had been doing it. No, very reactive.
0: Yes, it's maybe against the typical way that was actually implemented by the leadership in Israel, but it's not uh, against uh, many uh, people, experts, uh, uh, communities that believe that this is the right
1: way. Right. Fascinating. I mean, this is a really interesting uh, approach and I think a very, um, you know, an interesting strategy that we'll have to uh, keep an eye on forward because, as you said, I mean, Mahmoud Abbas could go uh, anytime. We could wake up tomorrow morning and um, and I think Israel uh, no doubt has been preparing for the day after, but uh, very interesting to see if they take some of your uh, strategic advice. I know you're very well connected. I'm sure you can't (laughs) uh, get into details, but I certainly would be very interested to see what... uh, what happens and how Israel um, prepares. Um, obviously, this is a fascinating discussion. I wish we could um, speak for a lot longer, but uh, Grisha Yakubovich, thank you so much for your time today. And we'll definitely uh, uh, keep our eyes peeled and see what uh, what happens and follow your work as well. Thank you very much, thank you very much. It was my pleasure. And again, that's uh, Colonel Grisha Yakubovich. And that's today's edition of the Honest Report podcast. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to our alerts, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review. And if you like what you heard, consider a donation to support our continued efforts. You can do so at honestreporting.ca slash donate. And until next time, thank you so much for listening.